Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about all the death fakeouts in Star Trek Picard. Picard. We are here. We are at the second to last episode. Death fakeout series. And right. second to shortest. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do Strange New Worlds. No, we're not going to do Strange New Worlds. We're not going to do Prodigy because there were no death fakeouts. So... We are talking about Picard right now, and then next episode we will be talking about Lower Decks. Everyone knows who we're talking about (laughs) if you've seen Lower Decks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, Ashlyn, I can't believe we're here. We've made it to Picard. I kind of want to just check in and see how you're feeling about this series, how we're feeling about it almost ending, and just, like, stuff you've learned along the way. All right, here we are. We're stopping in for a lesson. Um, (laughs) I feel like it's gone too fast you know like I've loved this series I've had a blast talking about it I think we've had some really fun conversations and I really think Death Fakeouts is kind of an insight into how is the writing overall in the show how is like what's going on in the background to facilitate like this type of Death Fakeout how do the characters react so I've had a lot of fun talking about all this and especially seeing how different the Death Fakeouts are handled in all these different series is really interesting and I honestly had no idea that the writers were so creative to come up with like I mean we've talked about like 50 death fake outs I feel like total um so many yeah Yeah. so many so I'm just really happy to do this series it was one that I thought about and I had like really never considered doing it ever but then the Mm -hmm. more I was thinking about it I was like man this could be really fun so really happy that we've talked about it and I I'm excited to talk about what happens and how they handle with this and how they handle the death fake outs in Picard as well. Yeah, same, Ashlyn. I really love that answer. I'm so sad that it's ending. I agree. It's been way too short. Well, should we talk about, let's see, do we have any other housekeeping? (laughs) Just the question. Okay, of course, just the question. So, Rihanna, I'm wondering for you, if anyone in Picard died for real, not coming back. Whose death would most affect the crew? Well, <laughs> um, my answer is Elnor. And that's why I had a hard time with season two. Because I love everything about Elnor. But you know what? I also think that that is just like my personal answer. I think for like the crew, it would definitely be Picard. I'm sorry, but he's the only one keeping them all together, especially in season one, which is why I'm very excited to talk about the season one finale. It definitely would be Picard for the crew, but for me in my heart, it's Eldor. <laughs> Ashlyn, that was kind of a cheat answer, but what is your answer? I mean, that's fine. I, yeah, it's it's interesting to say with this crew because I don't feel quite like they're as like tight-knit of a cast compared to all the other Star Trek we've talked about. I'm also going to say Picard. I'm going with the boring answer. I was really trying to think like, man, if Rios was gone, you know, I, yeah, (laughs) yeah. like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of sad to think about that. 
so much of this cast has been pushed over for season three. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Picard. We're, we're gonna talk about it at the end of the episode today, but like seeing everyone weep over Picard for his fake out death, I thought was really indicative of how people would really react, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going with Picard. Well, so here's the watch list for this episode. Not too many. We are going to start off talking about Elnor's death, just start out right away, in Penance and Assimilation, and then we're going to talk about the Boar Queen in Fly Me to the Moon. Then we're going to go back to Elnor and talk about his return in Farewell, and then we're going to end off with Et in Arcadia Ego, Part 2. Cool. Love random Latin names for titles. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Ashlyn, thank you for reading this list. Thank you for talking about Picard with me this week. Should we just jump in? Yeah, let's freaking go. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Elnor. Elnor, who we first met in, I think, episode three of season one. Um, he was introduced as both a young boy growing up at the Quat Milat, and then... Quat, quat, they quat me <laughs> The way he says it with his Australian accent. And then, of course, he chooses Picard as a lost cause and ties him together with the Tacolan Ket or something. Um, and you, is that a Vulcan thing? No, Tacolan Ket is Romulan, right? Because it's. Oh, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. It's where you swear your sword, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we see him. At the beginning of season two, doing amazing. He has joined Starfleet. He's the first Romulan ever in Starfleet. And he just graduated and everyone's celebrating. And then, of course, there's a catastrophe where the Borg Queen is <laughs> showing up at the Stargazer. And they're thrown into a, a holistic nightmare. Thanks, Q. Nightmare. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Q. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, very uh, make Earth human again. Yeah, vibes. Yeah, literally. Uh, and so then Elnor is hunted in this universe because he's Romulan. Yep. And then, Ashlyn, do you want to talk about this? <laughs> sure. And I don't think I can, like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand. Um, so, yeah, when, like, no thanks to Q, you know, he wants to make it as hard as possible. And so all the characters are kind of split up into factions in this episode. This, of course, is Penance. And uh, it's the second episode of season two. So it's hard because they can't outright communicate with one another. And so everyone right now is split up and Rafi and Elnor are down trying to get the shields down. Um, and so they can beam up onto Rios' ship, which still exists, luckily, in this crazy world. Um, and basically it's really stressful because Picard and Seven are like on the stage with the Borg Queen and Picard's supposed to kill it and he's not and the crowd's getting oh, rowdy. Yeah. yeah, and so finally Rafi gets the shields down yeah. and then Gerardi is able to actually beam them up, which before was some encrypted stuff going on. Anyway, um, sure. yeah. right before they go back in time, Seven's husband from this reality comes on board with two red shirts, essentially. Who is... Also, side note, Issa Briones' father. What? Yeah. Seven's husband? Found that out. Oh yeah. my god, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, great. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. But yeah, so they're three on the ship. Um, and before, Elmore was like kicking some booty. He was like destroying yes. all the security people 
who were coming down. And Seven's husband says that. He's like, oh, like, why are you hanging out with him? He's a Romulan. And did you see how he murdered, like, our whole team? Yeah. Um, and then Elnor basically gets shot in the ensuing fight. Um, yeah. It's, like, right in the, like, chest, heart. And he mm-hmm. survives the entire trip back in time. Yeah. But... Right when they come back in the year 2024, they lose power, pretty much. And the queen is sucking up whatever remaining power to restore herself. And Elnor is being kept alive by the bed, unfortunately. The bio bed was powering him. So once that dies, there's really no way of saving him. And it's sad. It's really, really sad because initially everyone was trying to help Elnor, but they had to get out of there and they had to fly the ship back in time. And so everyone ends up leaving and it's only yeah. Rafi and Elnor in the med bay. And it's a really horrible scene to watch because Rafi's so affected by this, as is Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she really feels like at this point that Elnor is her son. We learn later in the season that she has some regrets about things that she did while he was alive. So it's a very emotional scene and really hard to just throw us in here with a dead Elnor in episode two. Yeah, so this is sort of akin to what I was thinking about when we're talking about Chekhov, Inspector of the Gun, although the stakes are like a million times higher, because Elnor is the baby of the group, you know, like we've we've established this, Elnor's baby, he's so sweet and young, and he has some like naivety about him, but he's also so brave and strong, and so I think that this hits really hard for me, particularly, and just because obviously he's my favorite character, but also like because he's the baby of the group and they're killing him off, like really sets the tone for the season in really unsettling way. And I think that like, it's really interesting because at Mission Chicago, Evan Evangora, who plays Elnor, someone asked, what is the most difficult scene you've had to film? And like Issa Briones had some really interesting answers. And then he said, oh, it's season two, episode two of Picard. I won't spoil it, but it's that scene at the end is like what he said and Rafi or sorry Michelle Hurd is just like nodding like like, yes that's my answer like that was also her most difficult scene to film and you can see it like their emotions pour out so well and beautifully and tragically like he does not go peacefully and it's just like really hard to see that and hard to see Rafi like struggling with that especially because like when Seven of Nine's husband and his guards being on to La Serena they instantly shoot Elnor like there is no fight there's nothing and Rafi can't even go to him as he's like bleeding out you know and so it's just like insane the amount of violence and like craziness is happening so early on in the season that like (laughs) it was really hard for me to like pull my head out of that because I felt the same as Rafi I was like grieving the whole time you know because I'm like all of this doesn't matter if we can't get Eldor back you know and that's what of course drives her but we can talk about that in a bit anyway I just have to make those points because it's like I just, Ashlyn, like, you probably know why they actually did this, but, like, at least for a storytelling point, it is so devastating that, like, it's a very effective death fake out, but so effective that I'm, like, really mad about it, you know? Like, I'm still not over this, even though Picard has been done for weeks, months, I don't know how long. I'm still, like, always ready to rant about how this death fake out irritates me. So, anyway. Yeah, great statements to all of those. (laughs) Yeah, I I think what you're saying about how hard it is to watch as a viewer, this is just the first of many things in season two that are going to be very hard to watch. And I think they're setting us up for 
a very dark season, even darker yeah. than season one. And I actually, on Twitter, I saw a poll. Uh, I can't remember. I'm so sorry who it was who posted it. That said, like, I'm curious why Picard is less liked than some of the other series. And one of the options was because it's too dark or too serious. Like, it's darker themes. That's why it's not as popular. And that was winning by, like, 80% by the end of the poll. Really? Um, and so I think yeah. this definitely is a darker show than... Um, Even Disco. Yeah, and especially, you like, know? yeah. Disco really has its waves. Like, right now, I think mm-hmm. in season four, it's a lighter wave. Like not season one was, like, very dark. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, Picard is a dark show and also I think it's Q's way of saying if you're gonna go back and do this like hack solution to the problem you're going to lose people that you care about and um, it can be seen also as a warning you know it's like oh my gosh we lost someone as important as Elnor but to restore the future it might be worth sacrificing which of course it's not. I was doing some research about why this, like, if there was any reasons in the in the background, anything going on with the actor who plays Elnor, which is Evan Evagora. So yeah, trying to figure out what's going on with this character because it seems just like so bizarre to kill him off in this way. I know that there was a huge COVID outbreak um, that happened while they were filming this. And there's like 450 people that work on that set in LA and LA always has like very high high, co- numbers. high COVID yeah. uh, count, and so they like everyone was out of production for like two weeks. And so initially, um, I had heard rumors that that was why Elnor was killed mm-hmm. was because of writing issues. But it seems like they just didn't film at all for a couple weeks um, yeah. while everybody recovered. So I don't actually think it was because of COVID or anything. Um, Some reasons I saw, not necessarily from the writers, but from what people think is that as a character, he doesn't really fit into going back in time. And there's not really a good storyline. Like maybe he would kill like 20 people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like he he would have a hard time adjusting to reality. Uh, I don't think that's true, you know. Um, just put a beanie on him. Well, like, people were saying we his his ears. Yeah, but like that's not really. It's kind Literally of an excuse. Spock to pull, everyone does it. It's fine. Yeah, and so you know, I I wish there was like an outside reason for them to be doing this because it's kind of hard to think about plot wise why they would. Except what we've already talked about, which is just to set the stage that this is a very dark season, and it also gives Rafi a reason to be struggling through grief through this season. Yeah. Which I kind of think personally adds to an overstuffed season. Um, yeah. We already have too much going on and there's not enough episodes to explore everything. And so I think this decision to kill Elnor was just wrong on every front. And they could have... I mean, they freaking started off... Like, the premise of the show is that the future is, like, a fascist nightmare. Like, isn't that dark enough, you know, to start out this season? So, like, why kill Elnor? I think another, like, outside reason is that, of course, now we know they're setting up for season three, which has all of the Next Generation cast back as a reunion. And so it seems like they've just trying to think about reasons to write off everybody else in season two. So... Um, that's my really long explanation and emotions about it. I just, <laughs> I just don't like that they kill Elnor. I'm glad they brought him back, but it feels so cheapened. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. so tragic death, one of the saddest ones. It actually reminded me yeah. like of Ichep dying in season oh. one. 
Another death that's really hard to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, why Why is there, like, sun killings every season, you know? <laughs> yeah, thank you. And and Hugh, I'm sorry. I just, like, why don't these characters get better? They deserve better, and it's irritating. But at least we're getting a 7 of 9 extra beautiful arc, so I'm very happy on that front. But, yeah, I think that this is just another way to also, like, I was so worried... I thought you were exactly right, like writing off characters because they're trying to push out them for the TNG cast, which is sort of what they did because we <laughs> only end up with Michelle Hurd and um, she's the Ray only Ryan. one, only new character. Yeah, it's just maddening. Anyway, <laughs> but because I think you could still like make it blend, but not with the writing that ten episode is so like insane. But anyway, so I I want to talk a bit about like the following episode where he's actually has died and like the reactions of the characters absolutely yeah because you were talking about q showing like this is what is gonna happen uh you'll lose people i think that rafi's reaction to picard is really visceral and like i really feel for her when she goes because first she's talking about q and Picard is like, Rafi, I understand how you're feeling. She says, quote, I promise you don't know what I'm feeling. It's an intense, sharp disappointment in leadership. And I just like really love, have always loved this about Rafi is just like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to not take anything from you, Picard. You know, like he, she doesn't sort of put up with that side of him that sort of pushes or keeps people a bit distanced, you know, and she just like, nope, I'm calling you on this. This was not a good move. And obviously this is Q pulling the strings, but I think this is such an interesting reaction for Rafi to, I mean, number one, we're seeing it as we've seen with McCoy and uh, Tucker Mm. who like react by sort of attacking others and, you know, lashing out. And so, but I think that her point stands, you know, like Elnor's death was senseless. It, like, and they couldn't go to him. No one went down to check on him. I know that they're crashing. I know they're going through time. But the Borg Queen is like more talented than anyone ever. And so she can easily get them there. Someone could have gone down. And the fact that like they're all smiling when they touch down into the, you know, into the past. Again, I understand like you're happy one huge problem is out of the way for now one crisis at a time kind of thing but i'm like literally picard does not think of elnor he does not ask of him he only asks about him once and so i'm just seeing like these still sort of distances and relationships that picard has you know and i think that he has distanced himself from elnor obviously when he left him as a kid like after when he couldn't visit him after uh starfleet pulled out of the project it's just, they have, like, kind of a tough history anyway. But that's my rant about, like, I just think Rafi has absolute right to call Picard out on this. And the fact that, like, she was the only one down there with him is a little startling to me. Regardless of the fact that they are needed at their posts, like, it still should not have just been Rafi for that long of a time. And we also don't see Elnor or Rafi for episode three for 12 minutes. And I'm, like, literally everything else to me I'm like I'm not paying attention like I need to know what's happening with Elnor and so it's just the way that these two episode arcs are set up yeah well okay so thank you I don't agree with everything that you said but I think you brought up Mm -hmm. a lot of great points yeah we kind of slipped into assimilation this is with the beginning of the episode that we're talking about 
Elnor dies 14 minutes in, and so you're saying that he doesn't appear for 12 minutes. That means we only get two minutes of screen time with him, and it's his death. I think also it was a good reminder to how dedicated he was to the Kuatmalat life, because even in this reality of time, he still has this pendant that gives him comfort in his pocket, which I thought was really cool. I thought, like, it was probably p pretty painless. So to me, it just seemed like, to piggyback off of what you were saying, this death seemed incredibly preventable as well because uh, you, you said senseless, um, also preventable because if they had just had power, he would have stayed alive and maybe it would have kept him alive long enough to do some surgery or something to help fix him because yeah. this is the future. He honestly could have gone to um, the doctors with Rios and instead of yeah. Rios falling out and hitting his head and needing a reason to go to the doctor, why not bring Elnor well, because he's a, a, a green-blooded Romulan. <laughs> but that would have added to the I'm from the future thing, mm -hmm. you know? It's like, oh, totally. instead of having the badge be stolen. I'm just saying, like, there's a smoother way to make this work. <laughs> None of the answers are killing Elnor. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to hop off the horse here. Yeah. I And just to talk about what you were saying about the conversation with Picard, I am really annoyed in this scene with Rafi because... Mm -hmm. I think I'm always more on Picard's side and I really see mm -hmm. his perspective a lot more, even though, yes, Rafi is having very accurate and like right on character type of reactions mm -hmm. to his death. I still don't like it. And that's like, I do like Rafi, but she's never been like my very favorite character because I think how big her emotions are, like remind me of myself sometimes. And I don't like to be seen that way. And so I don't like Rafi <laughs> to be that way, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but just for me, I don't know. Anyone who's lashing out like that, I'm automatically on team, like, logic and calmness, even though that's not yeah. how I would respond at all. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I also just think that, like Picard, I'm thinking about all of the bigger repercussions going on right now, that it's time to pack away <laughs> this reaction into a box yeah. and deal with it when I'm back on the chateau drinking wine. And that's what Picard's thinking, and I'm right totally. there with him. I'm like, I'm also, because it's so early in the season, I'm thinking he's got to come back because yeah. the Q, we know that Q's involved. We know that Q is, like, the number two reason of death fakeouts to exist totally. in the Star Trek death fakeout series. Um, so all of those things are running through my mind, and while I respect Rafi's reaction to his death, I don't like it. <laughs> So fair. Ashlyn, thank you for sharing your perspective. I like when we have, like, different ones. It's so <laughs> rare. We're always we're so usually <laughs> in agreement. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, and I just also want to just do a last little stab. Mm -hmm. Elnor's last words are, now is the only moment, which I mm -hmm. also think is a um, setup for the whole season because that's what totally. every character's arc is going to be is... How do we stop thinking about the past in order to live now in the present? And so yeah. I guess now that we're unpacking this more, I can understand why the writers did it, but I still think it's terrible choice. Man, this is like, I think too, something about Picard is the contrast of these episodes is very sharp or very startling sometimes. Because even during Eldor's death, we have this whole scene where we cut to the Borg Queen crawling around, like, writhing. It's just, like, <laughs> not good and terrifying. The tone shift. The tone shifts are insane. Now that you're saying that, it does kind of remind me of Enterprise because I feel like yes. Enterprise also had these really dark moments and then suddenly, yeah. like, 
they're laughing and playing chess together and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's the, oh, do, 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 And you're like, Archer you're just like, got killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we playing this music? Yeah. There was also, also TOS does this. I feel like very much during oh, Babel. Oh, you know? like, absolutely. Very serious moment and then cut to Kirk roll, you know, punching out an Andorian. You're like, cool. Okay. What's next? Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think it's it's good you know to take breaks from these awfully painful scenes but it does create some whiplash yeah absolutely um i think we should continue to move on and talk about the fifth episode in the season we have a very teeny weeny borg queen death fake out um in the episode <laughs> yeah fly me to the moon it's not the shortest of, of what we've covered no. so far i think not by a long shot. i think like Worf <laughs> and wesley has that yeah, yeah. Um, one scene or less yeah yeah but in this episode fly me to the moon basically the Borg queen is trying her best to assimilate anyone like she's starving and so she like fakes a like 911 call to picard chateau and a cop comes in she uses them as bait basically to yeah. lure agnes there and to try to stop her Agnes has already had the board queen in her mind and the board queen is like literally flirting with her saying like hello, like, I've known you, like, just, just trying to, um, enrapture her, like, like, convince her, like, we've seen her always do, it, like, mm-hmm. she's a master at trying to convince someone of something, and this is, totally. we've talked Seven, about this January. before, yeah, yeah, exactly, I always just think, like, Tyrion Lannister is my go-to person for that, like, mm-hmm. talk himself out of anything, the Boar yeah. Queen can talk, you into doing anything and this reminds me of a little side story I have today because I was at the rock climbing gym and I saw a lady next to me get a phone call after a couple seconds she says but I'm, I'm opening in the morning I don't want to come in now and have to come back in the morning so clearly someone at work has asked her to come in and then yeah. after like five minutes she's like I'll be there soon and I was like oh my god oh, management in the middle like of rock climbing. Red, management literally convinced her to come in even though she has to open tomorrow and I'm like that's Borg Queen energy right there it you is. know wow the moral of the story is like worker drone work faster work longer <laughs> honestly like management can really convince you to come in and you should not give in to their BS this is just yeah. a retail announcement to you all don't let the Borg Queen win think about Janeway think about data do not resist because resistance is not futile <laughs> yes <laughs> that was the most inspiring speech ever well and you know what's sad is that resistance is futile and agnes gets the board queen yeah. right inside of her the death fake out moment touch, though yeah. yeah is when um agnes literally shoots her <laughs> like with a shotgun it's yeah. one of the most satisfying things i've ever seen in my life which is yes. sad that it's like a horrible death for the board queen yeah. but i was like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah especially because after she lures this french cop there as like she's like choking out the french cop the <laughs> agnes is like put him down and i'm like this scene is so chaotic like, put the gun down whoop put the man down (laughs) put it down oh god okay so she beams everyone back in she's covered in blood they have to drag the cop away (laughs) hilarious but disarming scene i guess hilarious (laughs) i did not laugh i did not laugh during that scene rihanna no no with with uh (laughs) when talon is like 
Uh, oh, I hope that your group, oh. the crew you have, is really good. And then, like, they're they're, the yes, okay, you're, you're right. The <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Like, yeah. No, what was that? Like, is he still alive? Yeah, actually, that was yeah. really good. But again, with the weird energy. Yeah. <laughs> Enterprise energy. <laughs> yeah, like, really funny moment, but, like, whoof, everyone, <laughs> Elnor's dead. Still, yeah, exactly. it's two episodes later. And no later. one brought him up. Yeah, except <laughs> yeah. Rafi. It's fine. Um, yes, so for like 10 minutes, I think we think, or for like 10, 15 minutes, we think that she's dead. But mm-hmm. Agnes, we're seeing these flashes of the Boar Queen in her mind, and oh yeah. lord, no. She's not dead, she's just alive in Agnes. It's like if Voke could just speak to Ash Tyler, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, she's like... Do you like that gnawing nothingness? Because it's never leaving. And I'm like, oh, oh shit. no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, because then, of course, Agnes comes closer, Boar Queen touches her, and nanoprobes do their magic, which is somehow transferring her consciousness. Yep. Is this Spock's brain again? <laughs> like, what is going on? There's so is many this... consciousness transfers. I did is not expect. Yeah, what was his name? Agamon. <laughs> Agamemnon. <laughs> I don't know what it was. No, but... it's not Agamemnon. Um, yeah, a lot of consciousness transfers. So the Borg Queen's fine. and Eating batteries. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And Agnes, I mean, honestly, like, is Agnes just dead? This isn't a death fake out, but it's a tough thing Inside. that happens <laughs> to Agnes. She and the Borg Queen really become one. So After I guess that. she's not dead. She is one she's joined she's like Ilya and Decker maybe (laughs) oh maybe yeah honestly when the Borg Queen was flirting like listen I know she's evil but like she has really cute freckles and I was like she probably would I was I was kind of shipping Agnes and the Borg Queen a little bit I was like damn they have some chemistry this is weird (laughs) yeah I'm like do I hate this (laughs) I don't know um, so, so let's yeah. let's go to the end of the season in yeah. the second to last episode. Wait, uh, when, when does he come back? Oh, in Farewell. Yeah. Last one. Yeah, yeah. So in the last episode, everything is great. We see Will Wheaton. We're having a grand old time. <laughs> Q and Picard are canonized, or at least yeah. Q falling in love with Picard is canonized. It's the dream. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the future. Q does his thing. And Elnor is returned. Woo! As a surprise gift. Because <laughs> everyone forgot about it. <laughs> Even Q is like, we're going to do a life for a life exchange. Picard's like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. Literally, because Rafi was like, Elnor. And I'm like, thank you. Literally every scene, like even the, the end of this finale, Corey like went off with Will Wheaton. And I was like, cool. I just died about Will Wheaton. But also, mm-hmm. where's Elnor? Yeah. And then the next scene, and then I was like, but where's Elnor? <laughs> so... It was really nice to have him back, but, like, you know this had to be... I understand why people are speculating that this is a COVID shoot or something, because, like, it seems like he was just on a Zoom call for the first scene, and then later on we get him in the bar. But we get, like, two scenes of him. I didn't count the screen time, but I'm sure it's very short. I think a lot of characters, like we were saying earlier on, don't get the time they deserve, but at least we get him back. But he's not coming back next season, so... <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah. It's, this it's is... good to know that he's alive, but not my favorite. This is... Out. Probably my least favorite, actually. <laughs> I just decided. This is the cheapness I was talking about, like, ten minutes ago. Uh, it's just rude. Um, unless they have, like, some real secrets that they're covering up. Elnor is not returning. 
for the next season, everybody in the cast who's not coming back is pretty much sad already, if they are or not. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, senseless <laughs> and preventable is how I'm thinking yeah. about Elnor and his death yeah. fake out. Agreed, Ashlyn. Yeah. Um, it's sort of this falling into some queer tragedy tropes that I don't like. Yet again, we have like this nice little queer found family with Seven and Rafi and Elnor and that gets ripped away and then it's like put back together but somehow only Rafi and Seven are going to be in the next season. I just really don't understand like why they're building up the pseudo family and then not following through but but I'm glad he's alive, you know, so it's like a step above him actually staying dead. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Rihanna, what's great and what we've really learned is that Elnor could be in a Relics type episode in like 10 years. So (laughs) the character of Elnor is not gone forever. As long as he's alive, he could be in Prodigy. He could be in Lower Decks. Like, don't, I wouldn't worry too much. Elnor's a really beloved character. I think we're going to see him again, even if it's not in season three. Yeah, even if it's in a short trick, I'll just like cry. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, I think let's move on to our last uh, fake out of the yep. series. Of course, it's the one everyone's thinking about. It is Picard in the season one finale of Et in Arcadia Ego Part Two. Part Two. Part Two. Wow, so chilling is how I would describe this ending. Um, <laughs> Ice cold. No. <laughs> Could we actually start in All Good Things? Yeah. (laughs) So it was established so early on in the season finale of Next Generation that Picard has this brain issue. I honestly can't remember the lingo. Do you, Rihanna? They even in the even in the end they say something really no, funny. They said brain abnormality. Yeah, but that's so vague, you know. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Crusher has a really specific term for it in it's like a disease in all good things. All good things and so yeah. that was hinted at that when Picard is old, he's going to have some brain problems and he's going to die from it and he's going to lose some cognitive function. And so through for throughout season 1 of Picard, Yes, he's definitely older, and I mean, he's supposed to be 94. His body's doing pretty well, despite he's not, like, running around that much. We don't have too many hints of it throughout the season. I think it's mentioned, like, his doctor sees him and is like, hey, you still got that thing, but you're no symptoms, you know, that's great. And then at the end of the episode, of course, conveniently, that's when he starts to really feel it. For me, this is my worst nightmare watching this in season one and I think living in the time that we do where like Star Trek is actively coming out week to week and we can all talk about it and discuss it news does leak and so I knew they had a season two coming of Picard and that was the only thing stopping me from like losing my mind I was a gosh darn mess the first time I saw this like crying all the characters are crying I will just say now that sometimes when characters cry on screen it makes my tears like suck up because I'm like oh well they're crying so I don't need to so I definitely had that throughout I thought like Rafi and Elnor's crying together was a little bit too dramatic for me and like too too much crying so I was like okay I actually kind of laughed at that which is a little mean (laughs) I know but they're just like they're like sobbing on a hill and I'm kind of like okay lol like they're just going like the silent drinking on a hill yes I love that because yeah this is how I am yeah because it shows like a character suffering in silent pain like that's that's my preferred method of watching a character grieve personally yeah. Which, may, I, sorry, it's mean. Like, in real life, I, I'm fine watching anyone cry. 
But just on a show, I kind of laughed at like how much everyone was weeping, even yeah. though that's realistic. That's what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I was weeping, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that we get a myriad of reactions, and I'm, I'm so curious now to our listeners, like, which one of you are stoically <laughs> drinking on a hill somewhere, talking about your regrets with someone, <laughs> when, when someone passes, or are you sobbing in Rossi's arms, <laughs> or are you sobbing it, holding Elnor, so... Let us know. <laughs> Hashtag, who are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Very vague hashtag for his vague brain abnormality. <laughs> wow, nice connection, Ashlyn. I'm just bringing us back. Yeah, so I think let's talk about this scene where Picard and Gerardi are going back on the La Serena. They are in space about to try to negotiate, I guess, with the Romulans to please don't kill all of these androids on this planet. And um, Picard is also, at the same time, trying to convince Soji to not do her little Lego building. <laughs> I love Ashlyn I love that. Every time I see that scene, I'm like, oh, she's doing it. <laughs> she's doing it. She's building the beacon. Um, and so he's trying to convince her, says, hey, like, I want to show you how devoted I am. She's like, what can you give me or something? And he goes, my life. And then like the end transmission shows up and it's just like so beautiful. Just the way that he's determined he knows this this will be his last mission. I think that's what started to get my heart going was like, oh my God, this is real. You know, like he knows this. Like he, I know that determined Picard look, you know. Yes, absolutely. And also he's someone who's known that this is how he was going to die for his whole existence, like sends all good things. He's like, Oh, okay. Um, I am not coming out of this alive. And so I think it's just so beautiful that to the last moment, it's, it's like a Spock moment, you know, like he's, yeah. he's doing everything he can to convince Soji to calm down and mm -hmm. to get some kind of diplomatic agreement between the Romulans and Starfleet. And uh, I mean, how else would you and expect Picard to like, go out? Like this is a, this is his dream death, Loki. <laughs> in a diplomatic situation. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't even get like. Well, maybe he would like to be shot in the heart, like as per like young Picard would. But he is able to say goodbye to the this cast on his own terms. I do yeah. think in both the first time I watched it and in the every time I watch it since, I'm furious that Will Riker is not there. And oh. no one has told him and Troy that your dear friend is dying down there. Because that would have been the most insane Jonathan Frakes moment, you know? Like him beating me down and be like, my friend. But then you're like destroying the chemistry that this cast made. Yeah, you know? like, whoa, right? <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, it's like, oh my god, like Captain... Riker's here like what do I how do I act yeah. right now yeah. <laughs> and then like else is like I'm getting out of here right away. <laughs> yeah. not another captain please 7 of 9 is like who are like bro <laughs> what's I going saw on I saw you once in this trial that Q made <laughs> and I, I met your clone brother yet. was that was he no, in Voyager was oh I'm so sorry He's not in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> I, I wish. The only time he was was in the Q, Q trial. Q, Quinn guy? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, Death yeah. Wish. Anyway. yeah. 
So, yeah, Will Riker, that would have been amazing. I just thought that was a huge mistake. Be- and also, I'm, I'm sorry, and then I'll let you talk. Yeah. Also, another red flag that this was not going to be a real death. Because if this was yeah, the death of on. Picard, childhood Picard, Riker would be there. Which we might be seeing. Maybe this is why they oh, picked us out. Oh, my God, Rihanna. Why sorry, would you sorry. even... I can't, I can't even go there. I'm ignoring what you said. Go ahead. Okay. Continue I'm on sorry. with our happy yeah. Star Trek yeah. podcast. <laughs> anyway, we were talking about death. <laughs> Let's go back to that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the reason why, though, he didn't say, he sent Riker away. Like, he could have said, like, hey, Riker, quick, <laughs> say goodbye over this channel. You know, like, he could have hinted at it or anything, but sent him on his way and then when Riker was warping away he said adieu which of course means farewell in French and so it's just like ah that's painful you know that he didn't even want to face that goodbye but he could face this like you know current present people that he didn't know as well I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true and yeah I mean I feel that on a very like small scale like when I'm home uh, and I know I'm going to be leaving my, like, the place where I was born, obviously. So, like, whenever I'm back visiting Colorado and then I have to leave again and I know it's going to be a long time, I have a really hard time saying goodbye to, like, my best friend or to you, Rihanna, or my family. And sometimes I'd almost rather just not say goodbye yeah. and just skip it, even though, yep. you know, it's like, what if I just, like, hug you and then I'll leave early in the morning and we don't have yep. to have, like, an emotional time. Um, yeah. And so I think... Riker, or I think Picard is going for the like Irish exit of his life, you know. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's exactly. Just <laughs> He's like, I don't need this. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh wow, actually, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, should we talk more about the scenes that we do get the grieving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, I guess let's Rios go back seven. into the crying. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Rios and Seven, though, because I think it is more interesting. Like, yeah, we talked about Rafi and Elnor and the butterfly flying over, showing, like, actually, this is a foreshadowing. I'm not a real butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, uh, yeah. now I understand that it's, like, sort of telling them, don't worry, there's a golem somewhere in this house. Well, and for... Back to life. I, uh, I can't remember, honestly, if I knew, if I, like, thought about the golem, but there's yeah. no way you talk about a body being built without having a plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so glad they had it ready for Picard. <laughs> the ve- Picard's vessel <laughs> was up and ready. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the plot vessel was here. Yes. Um, Rios and Seven talk, like, okay, first of all, Rios comes up to Seven. She's drinking this, like, terrible liquor. He tries it, and even he's like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Um, but then they have this really nice talk about, like, revenge and grief, you know, because Seven is, like, first of all, sad Picard's dead, but also frustrated at herself that she killed... Um, Bejazel. Bejazel and that Romulan sister. Oh, dang, that's two deaths. <laughs> yeah, so that's what she's thinking, is, like, why do I keep falling to this, like, just killing people when I... I'm seeking revenge because it doesn't actually bring her the peace that she wants it to bring her. Um, and yeah, and then I just do like that they like talk about it a little bit and then they're like, all right, let's just like sit in silence and watch the sunrise. I'm like, dang, that's really nice. It's like a really beautiful scene of 
both of them getting to cathart a little bit because Rios is like, I did it again. I let a captain into my heart, you know. <laughs> I watched him die <laughs> in front of yeah. my face. Yeah, that's rough, buddy. Yeah. It's insane. I I like this conversation. I just feel like it's a little weird to have it now in the face of losing Picard, especially on Seven's end. And I also understand she does not know Picard that well. I think even yeah. Rios knows him better than Seven, even though totally. she's a character that we know so well. Um, I kind of thought that conversation was out of place, and I didn't really like that Seven wasn't, like, mourning with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, she's, like, mourning and thinking about her life and, like, doing her own yeah. thing, and it's all in a different way. But I... I don't I don't know. I just... I it. I just, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit out of place, but I'm still glad the scene happened, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think there was times when she was not, like, adhering to um, Rios' emotions in that moment, you know? Like, he was clearly going through this, like, present grief of Picard being gone, and yeah, I think for her it was just one other thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, can I call the ambulance because yeah. we have woo, woo, a surprise death fake out surprise. Hey, surprise inside sometimes we find in the death fake out series that when you open up a death fake out you find another one inside <laughs> like a, a secret little box it's like those presents you get on your birthday where it's a box and you open it up and it's another box in like, this oh, wow yeah Water. and in this yeah. case the second box is data, data. <laughs> beloved android commander data he only had about six death fake outs in the next generation so what's one more you know sure pile them on um and this was for real this, this was faked out all the way from nemesis this was the <laughs> longest death fake out we have yeah, i think we've ever had we've mm-hmm. ever had yep all right easily Great job. Great job, Brent Spiner. You know how to do it, man. You, you know, know how to be in two episodes at once. And how to, like, complain and complain about how much you hate Star Trek and then to be killed over and over and to always return to Star yeah. Trek. Sometimes twice in one episode. Come on. Yeah. So this one is, I mean, obviously Data is not returned to his corporeal body, but if you're this far in the Death Fake Out series, you know that that does, that does not cut it for being for having no. a Death Fake Out you don't have to have a body. Um, no. It turns out that because of what happened with B4 and Nemesis, some of Data's memory engrams were, like, downloaded. Um, and his consciousness is, like, turned on in the soon lab on this planet. And he's just, like, his four USB drives full of Data's yeah. mind. And he's been living there this entire time, kind of in a hell, is, you know, Data's really chipper when you get down there because yeah. he's very, like, emotionless and um, he's, you know, a positive guy. But I think he's been through absolute hell just, like, sitting there doing yes. nothing for, like, 20 years. Totally. Absolutely. Especially because I'm sure that this is how Maddox and Soon found the answer to making Soji and Dodge and then the rest of the androids that have Data's positronic net, you know? Like, they just needed one... Pro- positron or i don't know yes, I, some I science word the book but whatever yeah. yeah so that's really just terrible for data and i'm so glad that picard is able to have this like quick little sorry he gets to uh, 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 uh. 
<laughs> have a quick little eulogy. <laughs> have a quick. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> it was really a shame. The next word was eulogy. <laughs> Yeah, so he has a quick little eulogy for Data, and then he can act like, and then he can, you know, like, Data knows for sure that he's human. Uh, he says at the end of the speech. <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking at the word eulogy. <laughs> he says about Data at the end, he says, quote, that you were a part of the human family. And I just love that, because absolutely, and the way that Data was, like, happy to be mortal you know and yeah it's just fantastic and i'm so glad he gets this end he gets the send off with blue skies and i'm like weeping <laughs> weeping openly but it's just it's really nice that we get but be- something better than nemesis is what i was always hoping for and that's what i got so you're saying that picard was essentially saying out of all the souls he's encountered that his was the most human that ashley that's it's too good you're so right though they're like you know what Let's use this again. I mean, there's something really appealing about, like, someone who is striving their whole life to attain something. You know, it's a really, like, appealing character trait. And it's Spock's arc is opposite of Data's in terms Mm -hmm. of their emotion and humanity. But um, I thought this was an absolutely glorious way to send Data out. And I totally agree with you. Nemesis leaves such a sour taste in your mouth, in my opinion. (laughs) And yeah. it's so sad that Data's death is in that movie. And so to me, well, now we know it's his fake out death. Hey, his, yeah. his body, his body death. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I thought this was, um, yeah, just fantastic way to go out, especially because um, they do get to have this final conversation. Picard gets to relieve himself of the guilt that he's felt, um, yes. which is to have, like, he lived while Data died and he feels like data would regret his decision and Mm -hmm. data asks well would you regret your decision if our places were switched you know like you're the captain that's your job is to protect someone and my job in that moment was to save you and data did it as picard says he did it so fast picard didn't even have time to react and he was furious and so I just love the like genuine emotions that come from Picard in the scene. I also think oh that he is the most happy he's been this whole season, which is so sad. Yes. Like on his death chamber illusion bed, um, he's like he's so light and so happy and just giddy to see Data, you know, in his yeah. Picard way of showing happiness. So. I love, 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 love the scene. It is one of my favorite scenes, maybe my favorite scene in all of Picard. Um, And Issa Bronis carrying us off with blue skies is beautiful. And also I think the scene where they're actually shutting off his USB drives one by one and you see Data laying on the couch and you see him getting older when all Mm -hmm. the one by one um, the things are removed. And then you get to see like, TNG Picard in his outfit like over him with him when he passes and I just lose my mind I just think that is that is amazing and I can't even speak about it oh oh. (laughs) it's it's so so beautiful and I'm I'm so grateful for the addition of it you know in this series it brings out this other death fake out of Picard's you know and 
Picard's was emotional in a different way, and then we're getting this Data one after Picard's okay, you know, so. I love really it. Wonderful. I love it. Um, and also, Picard has joined the new body squad, so. <laughs> yes, new body squad. Welcome. <laughs> um, it's got some great ranks with you. We yeah. got Spock. We got Gray. We have, um, uh, Warf spine. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going there, but warf spine is floating in the club. Um, it's hanging out on the couch next yeah. to the TV. <laughs> um, what what's his name? Uh, Doctor Colbert is there. Um, yeah. Technically, if you count weird things going on, like O'Brien, he's there as oh, well. <laughs> so body, yeah, new time body. New time body. Um, yeah. It's a great club to be in, and uh, feel like. Janeway will have that club someday soon, too. Maybe not soon. That was kind of menacing, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to take enough. Janeway out. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Janeway. Oh, please. We love you. One, sorry, one thing I do want to say, too, is um, I love the scene where Picard is waking up, and he says, you haven't made me immortal, and soon is like... We've been paying attention. And what I heard is, bro, we watched the season. We got you. You know, he's like, seriously, we know, we know that you don't want to be immortal. Yeah, of course. No one wants to be immortal once they really think about it long enough. Um, And I, I, yeah, I really like that scene. It's kind of lays the groundworks for us, Rihanna, like a crazy fans who are thinking, Did you age him back to age 70? You know, like, what's going <laughs> yeah. on with Picard? Um, I have hope that he's going to live a long time. I think about characters like Dr. McCoy in the original series lived to be 141, yeah. which is, like, amazing. So someone yes. like Picard hopefully will get a good lifespan. And if they do the thing Rihanna talked about in season three, I... Might have to quit Star Trek. The podcast might have to end. Um, We cannot do the thing yet. I'm not ready. No. Yeah, I'm not ready. No, I don't think anyone is. Or will that happen in the show with his name on it? Yeah. Well, Rihanna, we will return to the Death Fake Out series if there are any more Death Fake Outs in Picard. And as we get more seasons of Strange New Things, Prodigy, Lower Decks... Um, strange dis- new things. Strange things. <laughs> I love strange new things. Have you seen the new season, bro? Uh, when Eleven and Pike meet, it's really Oh my great. god. Uh, see, there's just too many strange things going on right now. I, ob- yeah. I call the show Strange New Worlds, Strange New Pod a lot also. Yes, which is wrong. Um, so... Yes, okay, Strange New Worlds, Discovery. We have so many new shows coming out right now that are all on hiatus, and we will be returning to the Death Fakeout series if some more occur. This goes as a reminder for any of our series. We are going to be returning to... Um, I know time travel. We have stuff to do. Yep, I was just looking at you and achieve. We have a mind. we have a lot yeah. to do with time travel since we last talked about it. Um, feminism as new characters occur, especially strange new worlds. Um, yes. So yeah, that's the great thing about the Dural Sisters podcast. That hopefully you always remember is that we're not done until the show's over. So exactly. Yep. Yep. Question. 
Um, I also just want to say that we will have another episode coming pretty quickly to you, um, which is the Lower Decks if Death Fake Out. It's going to be a short one, so we're going to add it on this week as a little treat. So get excited to hear that episode a little bit quicker than normal. And then, Rihanna, what are we going to do after that? <laughs> then we are going to begin our first Officers series. I don't know what else to say. I'm just so excited. I can't wait. I'm so, so excited to talk about First Officers. And I'm excited to, like, think about what episodes we're going to be picking for these First Officers. You know, like, wow, yeah. there's so much content, so much to discuss. I can't wait. I've got some picked out already, and I can't wait to have a Dura Sisters meeting <laughs> with Ashlyn to nail down these episodes. So, yeah, be watching on our social for these different watch lists coming up, but... Thank you so much, Ashlyn. Brianna, thank you so much. I can't wait to talk about Lower Decks next time with you. Yeah, and to start your new series pretty soon. Woo-hoo. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the eighth episode of our Death Fake Out series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss how Shax died and returned in Lower Decks. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek Trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, and feminism. If you haven't heard a particular series, please go back and listen to any of these spectacular episodes. Social media and marketing by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Absolutely. You want to do the outro? Oh, sorry. Yes, I do. No, no, I totally do. I do. You had sheer panic in your eyes. <laughs> I was like, I didn't write down anything. Okay, we can do it.